crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. So I was going to start the show talking about like, oh, it's a new year. How's everybody's new year? You got goals in the new year. Although I feel like the last year always rolls into the new year. So like, you know, whatever's going on in the fall, the previous year, it's like it's the same year. Like it takes a couple of months really for the events, the problems or the attitudes of the previous year to dissipate for a new year to really kick off. However, I'm just going to go into my golden rule theory. There's like a golden rule in show business. And there's a golden rule on this podcast, or maybe it's a Johnny Spoiler rule, I don't know, that if you miss a show, I'm going to tease you, and I'm going to talk about it. No, our girl Jordan Savage isn't here to drop a Savage review, so I'll just get Savage on her for a little a second. I almost said the A word, David. I'm also trying to be conscientious of, like, Google and Google Display Video that, like, you know, says that our show is full of shocking content. I don't know how shocking it is. It's a movie review podcast with some friends. To talk about movies and we spoil things that we love, whatever. I'll introduce the crew in a second, but I just want to go. For, it's an early tangent so far. We just started and it's already it's already rolling. So um, you know, Jordan's out sick, so I was like, oh, she knows how to party, but she doesn't know how to party and rally, which means like the show must go on. So it's like all those theater actors, you know, like the Lawrence Olivier's and all his buddies, or mm-hmm. like uh Oliver Hudson or whatever, like, you know, pissed out of their mind, drunk, totally shit-faced, but then they go and deliver, like, the second act of the play after lunch, after the intermission, you know you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so I'm just like, our buddy Jordan Savage, she can party, but she can't, you know, handle the hangover afterwards. Or she's got that, like, super, super, super triple flu, like, or zombie fungus infection. There's a show called The Last of Us, which is based on a video game. And like the first episode just dropped on no spoilers. Max. <laughs> Sorry, let me slow Bye. down. David's asked for no spoilers. Let me tell you where you are. This is the Binge Watchers podcast with Johnny Spoiler. I only spoil the things I love. Dangerous Dave, yeah. who likes trivia, he'll get dangerous with it. And Jordan Savage is usually here, who's so savage she can review a movie without even having watched it. So anyway, if it's your first time listening to the show, you're in for a treat. And speaking of treats, tonight's delicious episode is brought to you by OmahaSteaks.com. Use our promo code BINGE at checkout for $30 off your order, plus 55% off on select items on their tender steaks, or juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort foods. More on that later, but they also promise it's the best steak of your life, and they guarantee it. OmahaSteaks.com forward slash BINGE. Now back to this mouth-watering episode. Dave. You. Uh, Anyway, so about the new year. (laughs) Are you looking forward to anything? Do you agree with my my theory that the year takes a little while to get going and it just feels like the previous year? Or or what? 
Yeah, basically. I mean, one rolls into another. It isn't like, you know, it's midnight on December 31st and all of a sudden it's a, or January 1st rather. And it's, well, whole new year, whole new me. No, your problem's still with you. (laughs) The bill that you haven't paid last month is going to be there next month or whatever other worry you have. When do the bills stop, David? When do the bills stop? Um, you once, know your, I mean? once your coffin is paid off, I guess. I was gonna say, like, you know, you know what a thought immediately jumped in my head after I asked you that question. Like, I was imagining if Dave answered my question when you're dead. <laughs> but actually, well, depending on like what society you live in, your bills just transfer to like your kin. You know, right. <laughs> like somebody's putting the bill. Just rack it up, folks. Like, uh, what do they call it? A tab. If you're at a bar, it's a tab. So just rack up that life tab. Push that debt as far, the debt ceiling as far as possible, and just pass that debt on. Just like the environment, we're going to pass the environment on with the debt. And the whale that also has debt now, because even, you know, this whales can get credit now. There's a credit rating for blue whales. That's a, that's not even a joke. I'm just like rambling. It's just like, we should actually have a credit rating for all of our animals. Especially Asia already has one. Social ratings, I heard this is coming. It's coming down the pipeline. This, this show is not even about that stuff. I don't even know what I'm talking about. All right. Let's jump over to... Uh, cats getting credit cards? What? Cats are getting credit cards. We got to talk about this. Now, now, well, they watch television. That'd be really funny if they were just marketing to cats. Like, because they've done a study where animals do watch, can be distracted or engaged mm. with media. In fact, it's like a running joke in that, uh, that holiday movie. What is that movie with Bill Murray? The Bill Murray movie. You don't know? You don't know, Dave? Oh, I was saying, was it Scrooged? Scrooged, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was thinking about that movie because uh, it's a perfect example. Like, the boss at one point is, like, telling the dude, oh, yeah, we're going to just start programming for cats or whatever. You know what I mean? Or, like, all pets or whatever. Like, <laughs> Well, there are anyway. cat channels, <laughs> so... You can go on Roku and buy channels that are just for cats. Cat so instead of just teasing Jordan Savage, who isn't here, we'll just keep Ramon at home. She's not here. She's not here. She's not here. There's usually three voices. She's not here. It's thrown off the whole night. She's not here. Um, the first controversy of the night will be actually the Rick and Morty creator. Is the show going to get canceled or recast? Justin Rowland has like been accused of a pretty serious crime, but apparently I look. I was like googling. Does he do one voice or two voices? He's both Rick and Morty. I was like, oh, yeah, oh I didn't bummer. Know that. <laughs> like, so, so, what do you think, Dave? Do you think they'll just like we're not going to cancel our seventy-five episode order on Adult Swim for uh, freaking Rick and Morty science fiction comedy show? Granddaddy and his his little grandkid use a portal gun and they go to alternate universes and. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much everybody's favorite animated comedy besides The Simpsons right. and maybe Family Guy. Um, I think they recast because I think in the late these later seasons, it looks like um, the the guy Rob, Sh- Rob Schrab is doing most of the writing lately, anyways. So if it's once, who is if it's he? To keep, um, he goes back into the early two thousands. He's um, he's popped in and out of uh, different projects. Um, 
he he used to make short films for this website called Channel 101. Um, I know he's done he's written a ton of um Damn, you actually know a lot about him. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was gonna put you on the spot. You're like you're ready with a fact sheet on, on this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, he's written a ton of stuff for uh, community, which I guess his oh. connection would be Dan Harmon. So um I think I mean if he, you can he, replace the boys credit? cast, I think you can keep on with the show. Yeah, hmm? does he have producer credit on Rick and Morty? That I don't know, but I noticed yeah. his like name kept popping up more and more in this last season. And maybe they're relying on him, like leaning into him, so maybe he'll take on the responsibilities. Who knows? Maybe. You know what I mean? I mean like if he's already like doing it, like, cash cow to like, on the table, like you know? oh yeah, dude lost his mind, so I've been doing all his work anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who knows? We don't know anybody. We don't really know. You you can look it up yourself. There's like an accusation, but there's no. I mean, nothing's happened yet. Or we, I mean, there's no. I don't know. It sounds salacious, but who knows? Who really knows? Nobody really knows, except for the people that are there, right? Right. It's got to be investigated. Um, so the guy that played like Jason in pretty much every single popular sequel to Friday the 13th, I think he does all the middle sequels. I think, I think seven he, going forward, basically. Yeah, Notorious Part 8. He's been in like three or four of the Jason movies, but it's yeah. uh, Kane Hodder is going to play Goatman. And a new horror movie called Killer Goats. Kill her goats. Which if you put the words together, it just sounds like you're saying killer goats. Right? Nice. Uh, I'm in. I mean, it's, it's Kane Hodder. He's like an icon in, in horror movies. Like, this is easy for me. This is like, if it gets advertised, it's downloadable, like, right away. Like, I'm kind of, like, maybe this is like a, a pre-order. You know, I don't know if they're doing pre-orders on horror movies sure. these days, but uh, it'd be a pre-order for me for sure. Could also be a Tubi original. I've noticed he's popped up on a few of those. Dang, you know who's killing it right now? It's Screenbox. And actually, they've been sending us some screeners. So, uh... Oh, nice. Oh, did you answer me? Did you want to watch that found footage horror movie that they sent over or whatever? Um, I don't... Re- we'll talk about this after. I don't remember it's called, you like, Outwater? It's called Outwater. Anyway, I'm always down we'll, for watching more on that. Film, but... Maybe we'll staff pick it later. Um, <laughs> yeah. MJM Plus, which was called, um... Like epic television, but they they are consolidating the MGM catalog into its own MGM plus plus plus. We brought oh, is this up that like what's happening? Six, yeah. Well, we we mentioned this briefly like six months ago, but there weren't really any details. Now there's some details. Um, there's like a famous jewel thief in real life whose nickname was Murph the Smurf. So they're gonna make a show based on Murph the Smurf. I know he's jewel heist, I guess. <laughs> you know, you know, and like, but American Classic is going to come out, which is a show about like a family theater in trouble. And uh, Kevin Klein is like one of the eccentric children of the guy who owns the theater, but he's on bright. He's like a Broadway producer, but he goes back to like save the family theater. I don't know, but he has hmm. problems with his brother and his brother's wife or whatever. So that'll be like a you know, drama or something. American Classic. And if sci-fi fans, there's a thing called The Ark. Every time you make a show called The Ark, you can pretty much guarantee what it's about. I mean, it's like, oh, Noah's Ark, but sci-fi elements? Okay, oh, yeah, you know, future endeavors of humans colonizing other planets because we wrecked the planet Earth again. Uh, Welcome to Planet Earth Watch with uh, David and John. We're here to discuss the uh, recycling the Earth. No. Again, like, there's twice now in this episode that it sounded like I was doing, like, a political show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, now we're talking about the planet Earth Foundation. No, I'm just kidding. It's about movies, folks. I swear. It's a nice movie. It's called Nikita. It's about a convicted felon uh, played by Anne Paul Yu. 
And instead of going to jail, she gets trained to be a government assassin. And then she actually falls in love with some dude from a grocery store. And she's like, oh, shit, I can't get my boyfriend killed. I kind of like the dude. Let's find out what happens. <laughs> like, it's Luke Besson. Hey, I love this guy. Maybe French New Wave is what you call a style. I'm not sure. He's like one of the few French filmmakers that has like an American style. Um, he likes right. comic books and anime. It definitely seems to influence his movies. He's big in the 80s, 90s. He's still working in the 2000s. But he did Fifth Element. He did Subway with Christopher Lambert. And obviously The Professional, which is also called Leon The Professional. Right. And I'm sure Dave has a lot of details or trivia to back up tonight's movie. And if Jordan was here, she'd slap you across the face and say, they better be dangerous. Well, I hope they <laughs> Time out. Real laughter on the show. That is me laughing. I am laughing. I am laughing. Because <laughs> like, that was the weakest response. I think Dave doesn't want to do this segment anymore. He's just like, you know what? I've had enough. You guys are just picking on me the whole time. Hey, I'm trying to break you. That's that's the goal that's... for this year is to have drama on the show. Oh, geez. That we need to be at wit's end. Oh, that's... Well, that'll happen eventually. Um, Actually, well, I think we said last week or the week before we're going to take the wheels off for 2023. Didn't we say that? This is John Bonfire of podcasting. <laughs> Here we go. Let's see. Um, so, uh, yes, this is actually uh, Luke Besson's first big hit in the U.S. Um, as John mentioned, he would go on to direct The Professional and probably his biggest hit, The Fifth Element. Um, he actually founded a production company in Europe called Eurocore. Eurocore uh, in France, and he, it, which produced such hits as uh, the Terminator and, excuse me, not Terminator, Transporter, and Taken franchises. Yeah, it'd be La Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this this movie spawned two remakes: one in Hong Kong named Black Cat, and of course, one uh, from America named uh, Point of No Return, which starred um, Bridget Fonda. Luke Besson wrote the script for it. He he adapted his own script with like three other people. Nice. I never say you never hear it talked about, so I can't imagine it was nearly as good as this. Um, Yo, wait, you haven't seen Point of No Return? I have not. Dang, we almost nominated Point of No Return when we couldn't find. We should. I mean, is that part of your facts? Like. You can't find this movie anywhere. Good luck finding Nikita. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, we can get into that in a minute. Um, All right. I mean, it, in addition to the movies, it also um, spawned two sequel, or excuse me, uh, two TV shows. Yeah. Uh, La Femme Nikita. Which blew my mind because I only knew of one. And I was like, there's really two shows? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. One from 97 and one from 2010. Um, wow. I guess probably the current generation knows the 2010 one. I think the original one was like a USA up all night. This is going to be sad, but like both actresses are great in those shows, but I can only think of them by physical characteristics. One has a blonde <laughs> and one has an Asian lady with dark hair. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like I can't, I can't. I think it's actually, is it Margaret Cho? Uh, it's uh, not Michelle Yeoh. Um, Maggie Q. No, I said the name of a comedian. I didn't even say the name of Margaret. <laughs> well, Margaret Cho yeah. is a comedian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I, I meant to say, yeah, Maggie Q. She's the action. There's an action one. It was really good. Yeah, that's Maggie Q. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, you don't look the same or sound the same or have the same names, but I meant to say Maggie Q, but I said Margaret Chow. <laughs> I saw her in an interview recently. I actually like her. She's a good comedian. She is a good they, comedian. She's a good actress, they, too, when they put her in the right role. I really put my foot in my mouth. They're both Asian, and I like, get them mixed up. And they're like, they're not the same person. Um, yeah like john said uh, this is a hard movie to find and yet it used to be everywhere like you could find this on everywhere 
This is like uh, a classic French movie with contemporary styles. Like it's like it's like a well, like, well, you can I mean, see like, Michael Bay stealing from this movie because even just scenes that take place in a courtroom are moving. Like the camera's moving. There's no, like barely still like, shots. This is like a film school movie. Like you go to film class and like a teacher could shove this movie down your throat. Like, hey, we're gonna watch freaking Nikita and learn right. a lesson from it. Like how they shove like Pulp Fiction down our throats or Aliens or you know what I mean? Like or uh, one of the weirdest ones. Dave and I were in a screenwriting class and what was that? Oh, uh, Officer and a Gentleman. Officer. Yeah, so like, what are the beats in this movie? We got to pull out the story beats and from the... a screenwriting class. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's a fine movie, but I mean, really, this is this is what you're upholding as the greatest screenplay of all time, all right? Yeah, yeah. So, from a tough as nails ex marine that somehow became a screenwriting teacher, and then we watched Officer and a Gentleman. What are you really trying to tell us, bro? What are you really trying to tell us? I'm not going to read into that. I've interrupted Dave several times. You got any more uh, features on this movie? Um, other than um, a funny little thing that happened to the main actress, um, she was training to uh, take apart and put together the gun so much she would even do it in her car um, and apparently got pulled over at one point thinking it was a real gun and had uh, police pull guns on her. It did not say whether she was driving while doing that or having somebody drive her, but I guess she was practicing in the car and got pulled over. Dang, that's really funny. So like, this comes out at a time where even toy guns look real? Remember how every toy gun used to look like a real gun? But the police didn't actually, like, automatically shoot you in the past. <laughs> like, you know, there was a little bit more, like, let's really, let's really sort well, out the situation. So she's I lucky. mean, it depends on the department. Because... And, like, uh, I'm just saying the actor is lucky, you know. like Yeah. Well, you remember talking about those toy guns, like, remember the evolution, like, at some point, like, oh, yeah, an orange thing is going to be on the front of it. The like, orange tip? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was saving children's lives who were getting just, like... You know, kids getting blown away in like Philadelphia or something. This is a dark show. Way to yeah, go! Yeah, we better get off this before like you know either anti or pro gun people start attacking us for one reason or another. One way or the other. Which way are you guys leaning? We're gonna tell you not to get guns while we have one loaded in the chamber. Okay, we're playing both sides. Figure it out. It's an entertainment show. We don't split the aisle. We accept everybody. None yeah. of these jokes are going to land. This is a wild show, David. A wild <laughs> show, man. Like, we'll be right back after these messages. You know what? I want you to kick off 2023 with more flavor and even bigger steaks. You can go to omahasteak.com. Use promo code BINGE at checkout. You're going to get a huge discount on those steaks and some customer favorites. Stock up on the mouth-watering Tender, juicy steaks, burgers, decadent desserts, classic comfort foods, and every bite is guaranteed perfect. In fact, Omaha Steaks says it's the best steak that you're going to have in your life guaranteed. They're going to guarantee it for you. Whether it's appetizers for the big game, a romantic Valentine's Day dinner, or just a regular weekday night, it's the perfect time to stock up. And every order is backed by their delicious guarantee. So go to omahasteaks.com, punch in that Binge code at checkout, B-I-N-G-E at checkout. And chomp on these burgers, chomp, chomp. Now I'm hungry. I'm going to have to order some steaks. Dave, we can't even continue podcasting. Jordan, we can't podcast anymore. i got to stop the whole show and go eat a ribeye from my friends at OmahaSteaks.com. I really do want a steak now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking, like, 
Do you ever think like a listener's probably like, just let Dave finish? Why do you keep interrupting Dave? Like, just let him get the facts about the movie out so we can decide whether or not we want to watch it. But uh, <laughs> also, I'm gonna probably disable the comments on this YouTube video. You know, I don't, you know we'll you, see. <laughs> like, this is, we'll see yeah, where the wind blows on this one. <laughs> quite radical. It's like going for a job interview. Like, hey, John, uh, you know, we're really excited to bring you in for the position of uh, marketing manager. We uh, found out you also do a podcast on on the side, and uh, we happened to play an episode, and you were talking about shooting kids in the street. I'm like, that's not what I said. That's how your brain interpreted what I was saying. I wasn't talking about perpetuating street violence. I was trying to talk about a nice little French film called Nikita with my buddy Dave. Let me tell you where Dave lives. I'm not going to give you my address. Let me tell you where Dave lives. You can send all your mailbags to Dave. Uh, just kidding. When so something's on I, fire, you just add more fuel to it. You know what I'm saying? There, yeah. Bring it on, I guess. No, please don't. <laughs> Bring on the favorite bits from the Kita. We're going to talk about our favorite bits from this movie now. From this movie about the little assassin that could. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, assassin with a heart of gold. Kind of, yeah. I mean, um, actually, uh, what I wasn't uh, expecting from this movie, although I should have, uh, based on the professional, is uh, how much heart this has. Um, there's like, or there's a moment in the beginning uh, when she's being sentenced or like uh, sedated uh, to to go on to prison or whatever. Um, she's like crying out for like, "Did you get my mom? Did you call my mom? Bring my mom?" You know, like there's there's a, something real about that that like tapped into like yeah man you know like oh, when you're man, sick see, you want that common, mom um, that's a common uh like breakdown element among actual drug addicts oh so yeah they they often uh get reduced to childlike uh behavior where they call it for a parent or whatever yeah that's like a like to be saved right yeah because they want to fix so they're trying to temporarily relieve pain they're always coming back to the pain if they could get the security blanket, you know, from a parent or whatever, it's all psychological. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, that's but your that's, favorite, that's that's your favorite a, part? That's one of them. I mean, I'm not going to just like say, oh, because oh, you're saying part. the performance felt like real life. But, yeah. That's what uh, I mean, because this movie has great action, which is like, actually. I really like when she was coming down off a of heroin and she was crying <laughs> for her mommy. Like, but no, there was know. something real about that. Uh, I mean, a great performance. But um, I mean, of course, the, what the movie is really known for is, uh, you know, the action. And of course, um, I assume this might be one of yours. So I figured you're either going to jump on or just let me drone on about it. But the the restaurant scene, the uh, the assassination scene, if you will, her first assignment. Um, oh, no, I don't have the restaurant set up as my favorite bit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a I mean, it's a kind of a master class in intention or like um you know, a uh, sleight of hand, I guess. I don't know. Um, she, uh, she's given her first assignment and, uh, she, you know, or no, excuse me. She's given her first assignment on what she thinks is just a dinner date with, um, her, uh, one of her trainers or her mentor, uh, and gives her a gift. It's a gun. He says, all right, there's three people you need to shoot, duck out the window in the back and we'll drive you away. Well, <laughs> what she doesn't know is, uh, there is no window. It's, a uh, you know, uh, bricked up and then she's got to kind of shoot her way and, figure a way out but you know there's a there's a scene in the in a restaurant where or excuse me in the kitchen of a restaurant where um some assassins or other thugs are coming after her and she has to take them all out but i mean it's really tense um 
You know, you don't know if she's actually going to make it out or not because she doesn't know. You know, like she's not. This isn't like a superhero movie where they have the utmost confidence. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to get out of this scenario. Like she's like, I don't know if I'm going to survive. It's like like her assassin supervisor. I don't know, but he's like very sadistic. Like he uh, he wraps her personal life into her assignments. Um, But he played by a great actor though. I thought he was a French actor, but he's like French and Turkish. Checky hmm. Caro or whatever. I think I say. I hope. Hopefully, Is I'm saying the, the fiance. No, no, the he's the Bob, the supervisor. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like okay. a well-known French actor, and I guess he's also Turkish, Turk French. I don't know, French Turkish. Um, his name begins with a T, but I think it's pronounced Checky, and then it's Caro is the last one. People, you'd recognize his face. He's he's been in things. Been he's, in French stuff. Well, he was in the he was in the Patriot with Mel Gibson. He's like the French hmm. Colonel who's coordinating their efforts on the American side versus the English. And uh, also, if you've seen the Core, where they're drilling to the center of the Earth with uh, who played uh, who played the uh, Two Face in the Dark Aaron Knight? Eckhart. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. There's a movie like kind of like Journey to the Center of the Earth, or whatever. Like, oh, the Earth's core is going to implode, and then like the French guy that makes the designs the drill ship. Their magic ship or whatever that they're drilling with is uh, played by this dude. Anyway. Hmm. Never saw it. Um, is it my turn? Yeah, yeah, that was my bits. All right. So uh, she beats up her trainer, her martial arts trainer in the beginning, and a then lot. does a ballet dance afterwards. And I'm like, incredible. So that's <laughs> one of my favorite bits. And then um, Leon, the professional, shows up. Only they call him Victor. And he's the cleaner. I'm like, oh, well, Leon's the cleaner. What's going to happen here? And I was like, I was thinking, like, I've seen Nikita before. I've seen Leon. But I was like, did I forget that the professional shows up? No, this is why. They call him Victor. He gets killed after he cleans the scene. I don't know. Something crazy happens in this movie. They dump acid on a guy that's not dead yet. And I'm like, this guy, Victor, this is like like a Leon doppelganger because Leon's like kind of a sweet guy, even though he's a hitman. And it teaches a little girl how to survive in Leon the Professional, um, yeah. who's like one of the first movies for what's her name? Uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. He has one of her first roles or whatever, and he's fighting a corrupt cop played by Gary Oldman. And I'm like, okay. But Victor is like a loose cannon. He's all yeah. over the place. I mean, they go to the Russian embassy, and they're just laying waste to everybody there. And he's like, oh, who's that guy? It's a librarian. You just shot the librarian. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he wasn't part of the mission. Anyway. Uh so yeah, so I like the the cameo by Jean Reno and uh the ballet dance after she beats up the martial arts teacher. And then I don't know if this is a favorite bit. This is like one thing that like I'm tearing between the ratings, honestly, from a Ben's later to a Ben's now, only because like the ending's ambiguous. Like, yeah. did she run away to spare the boyfriend? Or was the boyfriend a plant the whole time put there by Bob to spy on Nikita the entire movie and then it then decides that he loves her, that they're both infatuated with her, so they both agree not to kill her? Or, like, spoiler alert, there's some documents she steals from an embassy as, like, her, her get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, if she holds on to the documents, as long as she has the documents, she's still alive. But as soon as she, like, gives over the documents, you know they're going to kill her. And then the boyfriend is there, like, playing, like, his poker card. Like, hey, I got the documents you want, but my girl's out of this. You can't mess with her. Right. He gives the documents over. We don't see what private note she wrote for Bob. So it's like, 
Anything could happen. Nikita could have planted a bomb and she's going to kill them both. The boyfriend could really be a spy. And that's his actual boss. And he was just planted there. And so it's like, then like she gets away, but they have their documents, whatever. We'll move on to something else. Or the spy boss is going to kill the boyfriend, take the documents, and then go look for Nikita immediately after the, the credits roll. You know, we don't know. And I've seen this before, and I don't remember like thinking like I thought the boyfriend got killed. For some reason, I thought the boyfriend got killed, but he he hmm. he doesn't. Unless that's like the pieces that I glued into my own imagination, because the movie doesn't tell you one way or the other. No, it is kind of an ambiguous ending. Um, yeah, so that's if it had. Yeah, to I fall, mean, this fell that. off a little bit at the end. I mean, that's not to say it's uh it it gets bad, but it um on it. it loses half a point uh, at the end for me, but um, I don't know. I guess we can move on to ratings. Or is there anything yeah. more you want to talk about bits? No, um, I mean, we're kind of leaning into it. All right. Well then um, I am, it is still edging out into a binge now for me. I'd never seen this before. This is one mm-hmm. of those that uh, I've been intending to watch. Um, yeah. I'm glad we had this episode to push me over to watching it. Um, it's, Probably my second favorite Luc Besson movie now after The Professional. Um, well, technically, it's like an art film with action scenes, right? Yeah, although, funny, I mean, I didn't work that into the facts, but um, he was actually kind of pissed off about the marketing of this movie because it was marketed more as an art film when he thought it was more oh, of an really? art film. Um, like he's like, yeah, if they, if they had marketed it as an espionage thriller action movie, you know, like American yeah. action or something, right? But... Um, yeah, it's a binge now for me. I mean, it's uh, like I said, um, it's it hasn't beat the professional for me, but it's definitely. Um, I don't know. He's made good movies. He's made some pretty bad ones lately. <laughs> I think so. Anyways, um, I can't remember the other time on this show I brought up if I was teaching a filmmaking class, I would show this movie. I think it was a movie about the writing and the writing of a certain movie. Oh, it might have been the movie with Paul Newman that we watched recently. Oh, uh, nobody's fool. Yeah, nobody's fool. You can take that for writing, but Nikita is a movie I'm going to show for like, you know, context and auteurism. I don't know if auteurism still exists because now everything's like an algorithm, and they're like, you got to make this movie, or if you work for Marvel, you got to make this Marvel movie in the Marvel right. style. Right. But like the auteur, which might even be—is it a French term? It might be a French term, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's basically like the vision of a singular artist extrapolated and then you know developed through the way it's edited the way it's shot the way the actors perform like everything is just part of the painting essentially right that one artist creates so like he has a definitive style like even to the soundtracks even the way the punk gang behaves in the beginning like you kind of don't know what film you're watching at first but you're definitely engaged it's got your attention for sure. I mean, it felt like a it felt like an American movie by way of a French actor or a yeah. French director, rather. Um, I mean, you know, you mentioned what classes you would teach this with. I mean, I would I would add to that like uh, the editing and um, even the cinematography or the lighting, more specifically. Um, I mean, it's well, just then a... that goes back to the ending because you're talking about cinematography now, right? Yeah. The way that scene with her sitting in the chair shot, it looks tragic, like. She did not get away. Like, right. it's dark. It's silhouetted. It's like that. Um, it's another film school term. What do they call that? Three point lighting or uh, 
It's a really weird term, like on a skeezy lighting. Do you remember that? Weird? I, I can't remember that. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I kind of know what you're talking about, but I can't think yeah. of the name. Sorry, folks. We're not going to be able to remember what this is called. But they, they were talking about film noir. And they taught us like this version of lighting where you can indicate indicate basically the mood and tone or a decision with the lighting. So basically, the way this thing is lit at the end, it would suggest that she's not going to make it out. That's right. all. Yeah, it seems like either she's not going to, I mean, she's not going to make it out of that lifestyle or, you know, the program, if you will. Like, they're going to, they're going to well, get that 30 I mean, years. Dude, you can't come back from it, right? Like, this is a stupid comparison because, like, Nikita is better than most of the Rambo movies, but <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, you can't get away from that life. Like, once you kill, even if you're killing right. for, like, even if you believe that the murder is somehow justified by a good cause or like if there's even a good cause for murder, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, I mean, she's killed people. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, I, it, she's a tragic figure no matter what. <laughs> she, she psychologically screwed up. I mean, she, you know, she's taken many people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Dave's dogs agree. <laughs> anyway, you, yeah, you should watch the movie anyway. I mean, like, so if you can find it, <laughs> if, well, <laughs> You know, I think some magic movie elf is going to let this thing slip on, like, the internet video archive and freaking YouTube because, I mean, this is one of those movies that deserves to be, like, uh, well, saved for future generations and also, like, somehow delivered in a way that people can access it. I mean, why is it not on freaking Prime? I, I'm, surpri- on I'm surprised it's not available. Library like, or whatever, you know, like. They used to see this everywhere. Like, in fact, it was one of those movies that took for granted. I'm like, eh, I'll watch that later. It's always available on Netflix or Hulu, whichever. Well, it's like the erosion of cinema. It's just like another thing is gone. Like, I'm, all, I'm like now worried that, like, you can't even get Subway anymore, which is another of his movies. I'm like, dang, I gotta, like... I'm gonna have to stockpile my Luc Besson. I, I went and looked to see like how much does the Luc Besson collection cost? $162 for a Blu-ray, but it's like his, you know, five films or whatever. Hmm. But the Blu-rays are almost out of print too. So um, maybe they'll before do a 4K Dave found cat version. Before Dave scoured the internet and scorched earth, like you know, really digging up a needle in a haystack for us to find a copy of Nikita to even watch. I was looking to buy the DVD and I'm like, went to three different sites. They had hmm. one copy each. I'm like, dude, like there's only a handful of these Nikita DVDs floating around. Like, it's like not somebody good. gobbled them up. Yeah, there'd be like one collector, right? Would go and buy all the copies. He just puts out one a week on eBay, <laughs> one listing a week. I'm like, all right, just oh drive gosh. it up. Now, if you watch something else besides the movie of the week that you can recommend to people that might be more widely available, did you watch anything, Dave? Uh, yeah, a few things. Um, I guess I'll mention um, a movie and a TV show I'm watching. Um, I watched uh, the new, actually, surprisingly really good new slasher, uh, Sick, on Peacock. Um, basically, uh, you know, yes, there's some um, political uh, bent to it, you know, because it takes place right at the beginning of the pandemic. Nice. Um, but if you can put some of that aside, I mean, it's still a pretty solid slasher. Um, it's actually written by Kevin Williamson, which I didn't know. Um, he was writing non-scream stuff still. Um, or Vampire Diaries, whatever he's, like, his big thing is lately. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sick. I mean, if you want to watch just a good old-school 80s, 90s type slasher, um, uh, sick on Peacock's pretty pretty good. Um, also, I've been watching... S-I-C-K. Yeah, sick as in I'm sick, you know, because it takes right. place at the beginning of the pandemic. 
the pandemic does play into it. So, but I don't want to say much more other, you know, because it might spoil. Oh, it. dude, I can't watch anything that has like people wearing the masks. They they and do in the beginning, masks. but then it's like they're in a lo- then they become uh, no. But you know how we have like six months of TV and movie content that has masks through like every scene. Yeah. Can't handle it, dude. Can't watch it. Can't, <laughs> I gotta move on to something else. Um. What else? Oh, actually, a show that John, you've been, uh, you got me um, started ages ago, and I'm only now picking up again. Uh, Delocated. Uh, you showed me. Oh, that ages I ago. love that. <laughs> I literally just said I can't watch any content with masks in it. And this guy, oh. he's in the Witness Protection Program, he has to wear a ski mask. Which, oh, dude. Well, because he, calls- he decides to, he's in the Witness Protection, but he also is part of a reality TV show about his yeah. life in Witness Protection. And, so. and uh, you know, if you're out there and you don't know what a ski mask is, you might call it a shiesty because your generation has a different name for it. Um, and what a, a voice implant to like make them sound like, you know. The, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're supposed to do like a voice modulator so you can't tell what's the deal with this guy in Witness Protection Program. Yeah. But, uh, but it's a fun uh, Adult Swim show, uh, you know, with the. It's so funny because, like, I know the guy specifically. Like, it's hard to know who he is because he's got on the mask and his voice changed. And this sounds silly, but there's like a whole episode where he can't stop eating the sandwich. Like every scene, they have sandwiches, sub sandwiches. Oh, maybe I like, haven't gotten to that one yet. Oh, dude, it was like two or three seasons. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just getting into season two, which I All noticed right. like they're double length episodes. But um, oh, and then um, just one other quick thing. We got me and my wife went down the rabbit hole. Do you remember? It's 20 years ago now, but do you did you ever watch? You just broke hearts, Dave. They wanted you to be single. Oh, well, you just broke sorry. all the listeners' hearts. Well, you know, I'll, I'll keep you updated if anything ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> He'll recycle those those DM slides. He's kidding. Um, did you? Oh, did you just you... opened a can of worms. Now I can talk about your DM slides. Oh no, no. <laughs> You're like no, no. This is how famous Dave is now. They're aware he has a podcast. They're sliding into his DMs. Now he's in trouble. Oh no, no. Eh. Like I'm just next to the wife. No. <laughs> <laughs> just turn away. No. Um, well, she, uh, she doesn't listen uh, to the podcast. I don't think we're fine. No, nah, not really. Yeah. Moving on. Um, what have you been watching aside from Nikita? Oh, dude, well, I did watch The Last of Us, which I think I mentioned at the top of the episode. Yeah, without spoiling uh, it, is good, bad. I was the premiere is as long tonight. as the movie. It's promising. It's promising. I don't know anything about the game, so I'm not going to be dis- disappointed by adaptation rules or anything or mistakes. So that's right. fine. I'm fine with that. Cool, whatever. I kind of didn't want to see it until I saw Nick Offerman's in it, and then I'm like, all right, kind of got me there. It's got a good angle on the whole zombie thing. I don't know if that's in the games or not, like, that it comes from a fungus rather than a comet, like Night of the Living Dead or a virus. I, st- I started like, playing it uh, ages ago, but I, I guess I didn't get that far into knowing it's a fungus. So I, I don't know if they, I don't know if they, I don't know if it's in the games or if just the show, but uh, it's kind of like anxiety-inducing, terror-inducing. Like it starts off a little bit slow, but then it gets it gets going. Hmm. Um, I might watch that tonight then. Oh, and I, I did go to the movie theaters, which I've gone I've gone to the movies more in the last two months than I've gone in the last, like, five years. I've been a few times. Uh, I saw Megan. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to see that, so you tell me how was All it. Right. Well, it's a binge later. I would love to watch it on a rental that only costs $3 as opposed to $80 at the movies for a group of people. Um, so... It's really too slow. Oh. Like the there's only 
I think there's only three or four deaths, and only two of them are really rewarding for Horn Hornby. It's like I, I'm like amping up the bloodlust. Yeah, I want the. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, uh, it, the pacing is really slow. Hmm. So like I was aware that I was sitting in a movie theater like 45 minutes in, going, oh, like I wonder if the rest of everybody is losing interest. But um, it has some funny bits, and the concept is cool. But Chucky still dominates that whole evil doll mm. subgenre. So, well, yeah, I was supposed to see it. Me and my wife actually went to the theater in, in another town because we got out of town to do some shopping and things. Went to a theater whose website posted a certain uh, afternoon showtime, and we show up there like, oh yeah, it's not playing till six tonight. I'm like. But your website says Great. that, like, and we weren't the only one. There was like, a, like half the line, like, got like, wait, what? And got pissed, and we all walked out because what are you gonna do then? So I never yeah, did I get to what see Megan. Um, I'm looking forward to the unrated cut that comes out on demand to see if there's more horror movie like stuff because it is PG-13. It's a little bit watered down. Um, but you're also watching like, do you know the premise? Do you know why? Like. I saw the so, preview, but I've already forgotten. Like, the so there's a little girl who gets Megan, but her aunt is like the one who developed all these AI toys or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Megan accidentally becomes the most advanced, and then they're deciding whether or not like they should have toy companions to kids to help with their feelings. But then like Megan makes the little girl a basket case, and so <laughs> at one point in the movie, you're like, "Wow, the little girl might be more dangerous than 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 Megan, Megan, whatever." I'm saying Megan, like Key and Peel now. <laughs> Megan, come on, don't be an evil doll. Um, Megan, your jacket. You know that's a classic joke. Anyway, Megan. people have no idea what I'm talking about unless they've seen the show. You know, Key and Peel, they got a freaking a -A sketch wrong. comedy show. Um, it has the Shanghai. What's that? Shanghai Ten Rings, whatever Marvel superhero. Oh, Shang Chi fights ninjas. Magic Ninjas? Yeah. Shang Chi? Is that his name? Yeah. Plays an executive. His interaction with, with Megan is funny. Hmm. And he has one of the two good death scenarios in the movie. Um, well, now I know he's going to die. Sweet. Well, the trailer tells you that. Did you watch the trailer? I, I did, but it's been a while ago, right. so I guess... One I can assume, if you watch the preview, that dude's going to die. Plus, he's a, he's a big, evil CEO, you know? Every business owner gets killed in horror movies, don't they? Chucky, yeah. Chucky Part Two, the toy executive who brought back the Good Boy liner or the Good Chuck line or whatever they're called, Good Boy dolls. What are they called? Uh, good guy, yeah, good guys. Remember, he was trying to play golf in his office, and Chucky shows up. But it's been a while anyway. since I've seen two. Anyways, yeah, they don't <laughs> like capitalism in horror movies. Not Actually, I, yeah, what is it like? Seven Deadly Sins? Any any of those sins are taken out in horror movies? I think that's what it really is, David. That's what it boils down to, yeah. right? Think about it. Can't have sex, you're gonna get killed. Can't be too greedy, you're gonna get killed. Can't eat too much, like the Nightmare on Elm Street one. Did you see that where the girl's eating her own, like Freddy's feeding her own parts eating of her herself? Stomach, yeah. yeah, that's just gnarly. Glutton. That's Nightmare Part uh, Five, I think. One of the best parts of four or five, yeah. One of those, yeah. Four I got a new series to rewatch. One of the best things of all time, people, is when Freddy has a pizza with little meatball people on it. <laughs> oh. Look that up. Look that up. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'll just talk about 
yeah, that'll be good for the the uh, the clickbait. Find out what we think of Megan. 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 <laughs> Megan. Um. So what are we watching for next week? Next week, just like this episode, you're gonna. It's so good, you're gonna forget about it. It's actually an anime which Dave loves. Oh boy! It's a wind named Amnesia. Yeah, that's. It's a sci-fi concept. It's like something happens and people forget everything. A wind named Amnesia. Yeah. Huh. All right. Like there's something that gets into the air and gives everybody amnesia. Okay. Well, Dave's already it's... tuned out. This is the first animated movie of the year, man. Well, hey, at least week. it's not like one of the tentacle ones or something. Ugh. So don't comment angry comments about toy guns or like Megan. Uh, or tentacle anime. Get yourself a mouthwatering steak, though. OmahaSteak.com. Binge at checkout. Yeah. Dave's going to go eat a steak. Yeah. Because we have the meats this week. That's right. Tip of the Nobby. If you mention Arby's, they're going to go to Arby's. They're not going to watch the movie of the week. They're going to be like, no, I'm just thinking about that freaking beef and cheddar. (laughs) Sorry, we're not affiliated with them. And no, don't. No, you go to Omaha Steak and get the quality meats. Not the. Sponsored by Arby's.com. You can now order Arby's directly to your asshole. Like South Park, where they eat in reverse. Dave didn't even mention the fact that he's wearing merchandise. He's wearing the Wait, Top Gun, uh, the hoodie. Top Wolf sweatshirt. From yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Com. It's a Top Gun parody. We call it Top Wolf. It's basically a werewolf in place of uh, Tom Cruise. Or Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise yeah. got bitten by a werewolf and was in a movie called Top Wolf. That's what the joke would be. This is a better movie. Just saying. <laughs> What's a better movie? Top 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 Wolf. Wolf. Oh fuck yeah. I wasn't even going to drop an F-bomb. Thanks a lot, Dave. Right at the end. (laughs) Got me so excited.